welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Becca and I are getting together to get to know each other today. <laughs> you know, get, touch base is, on our lives. This is horrible. Okay, I think I already told you this, but I was talking to Jemima on the phone yesterday, and she was like, Mom, I have been in England for two straight months now, and in that time, <laughs> there has been one podcast one what you found out through this is that <laughs> jemima is the tie that binds and <laughs> i know i know well, hi Gemma. we're doing it for you today this this one is in your in your in honor your honor. In well, your honor the thing is about it is we have done two in that time yeah but one of them went astray in the oh world. yeah well whatever it's yeah. all right we're here now we're gonna be we great are. today we are full um, of zip and yeah, muddle. Yeah, we just got back from visiting Jemima in England, and a couple days ago. But recently enough that I'm still just waking early and feeling virtuous. Like this is just how I am. I just wake up at dawn. I, I just, rise. Yeah, I just come to at 5 a.m. and I do my Bible reading. And you know, no, it it doesn't last It'll pass. long. But in that moment, it's. You feel good about yourself. You, you really do. I am not so. in a moment of feeling good about myself, but that's all right. Because yeah, I'm at the trickle end of it, I think. Cause I will today, tell you all. I'll let the whole podcast listener world know my secret to spirituality while pregnant. Okay. Right now. What is it? Or maybe while old and pregnant. Okay. I can't be sure. Okay. So, almost, I think, every night, <laughs> something... <laughs> Something finds me. So, okay. so I'm not out looking. Something comes to my attention <laughs> okay. in the evening. And not late. It's not late when right. it comes to my All attention. Right. So we're in the 7 p.m.s right now? It's, yeah. Maybe 7.40 if I'm having a really good day. Okay. I don't know. And something comes up. And I think I'm going to have to call a family meeting. <laughs> <laughs> to tell everyone what I think of our performance. <laughs> to rebuke the sins And then as the soon as I have that, that's my call to just go to bed. <laughs> so rather than calling the family meeting, rather than being like, everyone, meet me in the entryway while I speak truth. <laughs> I say, well, I'm out of here now. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. Before I don't. I meeting. don't actually go to sleep right then, but I withdraw myself from the circuit of life <laughs> when I'm ready to start making high-powered announcements. <laughs> and this is because this is because, and it's hilarious to me because what could be more of a blessing to my people than? Yeah. Someone for whom, like, basically I'm doing less than I ever have. And yeah. that and that yeah. is a great time to raise the bar on everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, yeah. in this time yeah. where you may have noticed that I'm not doing any of the things that I usually do. What I'd like to call your attention to is your failure. Yeah. Who put a backpack on the floor here? I found pencil shavings yeah. or, or, or everyone come look at and, and, and no, uh, no. but in spite of the fact that I use it as a straight up alarm clock for bedtime <laughs> like where I 
No, I mean, like, you, you have to be tuned mm -hmm. in. Yeah. In spite of that, I still only noticed it when I was in the middle of a family meeting. <laughs> you were like, this is starting, I missed, starting I missed to be my cue. too regular I, of an occurrence. No, I was just cracked. No, I'm saying I... For the most part, I get myself out of circulation before I yeah. before That's I good. feel like I need to speak truth to power, <laughs> and then and I'm just like, mm -hmm. "That's my mm -hmm. that's my that's cue good. to get out of here." Yeah. And then I was saying, even in spite of that, I did find myself in the middle of a important talk about bathroom management, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah. coming to in the middle of it, like. Drat. What cue did I miss? I How am. did I get here? here what happened? Anyways, putting up a PowerPoint. I'm, just, on the I'm wall. just letting you all know that my key to keeping things nice when mom is <laughs> old and pregnant is to just sign off before yeah. you sign yeah. in. Before yeah. you. Good. This is good. Because actually, tip. nobody needs my tips right no. now. Yeah. They actually yeah. are yeah. better off. Valid. Minus. Minus my yeah, words. A lot of negative reports from mom. Well, you know, it's the time. And I think the thing that's funny is that you get more. I mean, it's probably just being emotional because it is. It doesn't feel emotional. It feels mm -hmm. not that way. Yeah. But it is probably the result of a lot of things you can't get done that mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. are bothered that you can't get done. Yes. And then it adds up until you're like, but what's stopping you from doing the things? There is a big temptation to channel a lot of self-righteous piety. Well, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know... When you got the empty tube of toothpaste and you're scraping from every corner to try yeah. to get it mm -hmm. there, I feel like when when life is being yeah. burdensome, mm -hmm. you do gather things together from the four corners of the earth <laughs> and then you squeeze it all out in one concentrated little dollop on whoever is closest. And that's not good. No, no, it's not. And preventative measures is what I'm taking. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. the like out. Oh, the let's... toothpaste in the tube. Mom is checking out now. Give mom, it to God. Mom is just gonna say, mm -hmm. I love you guys. Way to go. We'll meet again <laughs> on another day. And then, there are a lot of times, actually, I do think that going to bed is the godliest option because mm -hmm. I was I was saying this to one of my children the other day where you're confronted with this problem and the more you hassle with it the the less it's getting fixed. Uh-huh. And I was explaining this was my metaphor. Only last night when I was urging one of them just leave it and go to bed and yeah. reprocess tomorrow because I said it's like when you're doing a watercolor painting and something goes wrong. Oh, oh, oh. And you try I to I already fix it. know what yeah. you're going to say. You, you start try, pulling the paper up. But, yeah, <laughs> and, and the puddle gets bigger. The colors get washed out in the whole area. The paper starts to pill. Nothing can be furthered by doing it more. No. I was like, oil paintings are delightful because you can just paint right you, over. You're basically saying, wipe like, it out. when you are well-rested, you might be like a bounty paper towel, but when you are not well rested, you're like a cheap Kleenex and you're just not suited to cleaning up some kinds yeah, of messes. And it's just like sometimes yeah. you need to just let the paper dry. Give it up. And then tomorrow you can come again with the paint and try and fix the little thing. But the more you 
I was knitting one time I was knitting a sweater for Chloe when she was a toddler and I just got into a huge Sorry, I'm rubbing the engine accidentally. Got into a huge hassle about the sleeve increases because it was like cuff up and I or decrease I don't know, it was increases or decreases, whichever way I was going. I just felt like this sweater could have been cute, but now it's just you know, whatever. And I and it got me out of the circuit with that thing for long yeah. enough that when I came back, like, I'll run, I'm going to look at the problem in the eye and I'm going to care. Couldn't even find it. Oh. Like, I could not. Like, it was a totally yeah. fine. Yeah. That Like, the sleeve was like, I don't know mm-hmm. what I thought was mm-hmm. such a massacre on this sleeve. <laughs> but it's a fine sleeve. And it yeah. kept me... For a long time, from just carrying well, on. There's the old weeping endures for a night. Yeah, just... But joy cometh hmm. in the morning. Just get yourself <laughs> out of there. Just do not. I think one of the things mom and dad have always taught, and that we have practiced in our own marriage, is just not doing the late night analysis. Oh, yeah, no. Like, don't don't mm -hmm. just take the Mm -hmm. nighttime shift of picking over the troubles. No. It's not a good call. Like... No. uh, And the reality is, there are some times where your creatureliness is more obvious than others, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, huh, Mm -hmm. I'm really not actually suited. It's like the better part of valor here. Is to put it away and go sleep. to bed. <laughs> get get out of here. Get do Come not back fresher. Do not do this. And with a better attitude tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, these are my hot tips. I mean, I just feel like game changer. Everyone's st- <laughs> what? Just my hot tip. <laughs> game changer. Go to bed. <laughs> go to bed. Get get yeah. yourself away, or go yeah. read, or just get yeah. with just. Yeah. No, don't mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm definitely falling asleep earlier and earlier. <laughs> I feel like I'm turning into such an old lady. Well, that's sort of the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. kind of... Where you're like, honestly, the best thing in the whole world is like, hey, what if we just go to bed? <laughs> How would that be? <laughs> Let's what sign off. Canceled this day. Let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. Well, it's also we live far north, and we just did daylight saving, so we are entering into the season where it gets dark early, and you have a there is more physical rhythm to the hibernation mood. Mm. There is mm-hmm. more like it's mm-hmm. cold and it's dark, yeah. and there is the impending holidays coming upon us. Yeah. There is a lot, you know, gunning for us. I know, and it's definitely cold out in terms of like, uh-huh. I think that changes it for me because I feel like I'm just perpetually cold all day, yeah. you know what I mean? And it doesn't, there's all these things I wanted to get done outside, but oh yeah, it's a deterrent. You and me both, freezing. this was going to be my big landscaping summer. The summer of landscaping turned into not the summer of landscaping. We've been podcasting long enough that everyone knows that it's about to be my big summer of the garden and then it never is but maybe next year maybe I did have a bunch of things I wanted to get done in the garden but I did get a lot of bulbs planted so that's at least one bright spot I have some bulbs I didn't get planted there's still time 
You can still do it. Look at it. It's like, no, oh, you can do it. Yeah. It's very cold out of here. I know. I'm not saying it can't be make, done physically, but... Make Titus do it. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's yeah. always a gift to others. <laughs> I don't I want bought, to do this thing. No, I bought a bold planter, though, Rachel. I have not yet tried this out, but it's... um, It's not... You know those little... It's like an oversized biscuit cutter that you yeah. have to get out there on your hands and knees and kill yourself, like, dead? And... I bought one that has a very long handle, so you step mm. on it like a shovel. And the theory is you take out a plug, like you yeah. core it, and then you put your bulb in, and then you go to the next hole and you dig it, and then that core pops out the top and you just plop it into the other hole. And so you could, in theory. You know what this sounds like? Hmm. You should come plant my bolts. Yeah, I know. With your no. machine. With my machine. With your I know. work free machine. That's I know. what or you Or just do. dig a trench, put them all in the bottom, and cover it up. Mm hmm. Then at least you'll have some blooms. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for your I'm hot here. tips. I'm here, everyone. Thanks for, for good your ideas. hot tips. Yep. Someone sent us an article that I did think was a real prize winner. Okay. What is that? Hold on. What kind of bulbs are you not planting? Should I buy them from you? What no. are they? I'm going to keep if them. If you give up, I want them. I, Becca, I won't give up. You can come plant them at my house. <laughs> um, okay. Someone sent us this article as fodder for us. Okay. And it is right. actually a really funny article. All I right. mean, I feel like... Like, almost like were you an anthropologist... This would be a stunner of a thing to okay. come upon. All right. Seven things that will keep me from coming back to your church. Oh, it's okay. All, it's all about my... Already I can see the attitude is good. It's... We're starting yeah. out with the ways you can not lure me to stay. And yeah. number one, refuse to see me. It's like, if you okay. don't notice that I'm a visitor <laughs> and you don't... Yeah. It's like, I need you to see me. Whether you're the greeter or the person sitting two seats to my right, I need you to see me. I think she should try wearing better outfits. Might help. I think one of the things help we to need to seen. bring up here is that, like, how do you know it's not a visitor two seats to your right <laughs> <laughs> that you're driving away from the church? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this will keep me from coming back if you don't offer me a smile. Wow, this yeah. is this is demandy. I oh, it's epic. It does uh, feel like a list of. But I can't tell you how many times I've visited a new church and not received a single smile. Okay. Well, I wonder how many she gave. Um, I don't know, but she says, "Meet my hopeful gaze, oh. and give me a genuine grin, will you?" Whoa. This is getting worse by the minute. I, I actually feel like this is taking the fussy articles to the next level. Yeah, like this is really? Number yeah. three, neglect offering me help. This is driving me right away if you neglect offering me help. Um, chances are if it looks like I might not know what I'm doing, I really don't know what I'm doing, offer to help me. Okay. Okay. These are the rules. <laughs> if you would like to get the world's most self-centered new member of your church 
Number four, abstain from introducing yourself to me. These are the things, this is all said kind of backwards because yeah, it's things it's that will, it's things that will keep me from coming back is if yeah. you abstain from introducing yourself. Yeah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but it's wrongly formatted yeah. such that you get confused. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that I'm a person who wants to be known just oh. like you. And, uh, Oh, my you word. You know, this really reminds me of the, I shall not release the hostages unless you give me a jet, a million dollars, and no extradition to me. I know. It always amazes me how much I can learn about a prison in less than a minute's time. And then it goes on. So ask me where I'm from. Wow. Practice active listening so you can ask me another question. Oh, no. Number six. See, this is, it is complicated because in spite of the fact that I knew the double negative nature of it, every headline gives yeah. me ponderance. Yeah. And this yeah. is ignore my boundaries. Like, I was like, what? Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, get me, get to know me, ask things. But if I don't want to answer your questions, be okay with it and respect my boundaries. Wow. If I choose not to flow with you in conversation, don't take it personally. Oh my gracious. Number seven, forget my name. Okay. okay. Uh-huh, uh, write down my name on the inside of your Bible or in your cell phone. Build up your name remembering muscle. And then Whoa. what I really liked Whoa. that tickled me was the list could continue on forever. I... What joy could be yours if you welcome <laughs> this woman into your midst? <laughs> Every week she could send you another list of things. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that just really blessed me because... Um, it's just a way of taking, like, all oh, biblical commands oh. and directly applying them to everyone oh, else. Oh, yeah, isn't that... That's the devil's dictionary, right? The... Is it a Christian? Is that the definition of a Christian? Oh, the person think so. who thinks the New Testament is admirably suited to the spiritual, spiritual needs, needs of his neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> uh, but this, I, the idea of being like, you don't know what you're missing out on. You could have me, me, Coming back in your church. And this is from, this is on, this hot article is on crosswalk.com. Wow. And I just think, well... I think every pastor probably is just thinking, how could I get me some more <laughs> members like this? How could we attract the most fussy, demanding, dramatic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. pills to our congregation <laughs> and keep them from visiting elsewhere? How could we do it? I know. Well, the truth is that's what churches are there for, is to be there for fussy, dramatic pills. However... Those fussy, dramatic pills ought to be... Well, they shouldn't be they aiming to be, to be that. No, they ought to be leaving that behind and pressing on to higher ground. Something, yes. Yeah. I That one just really, I felt was a... Wow. Yeah. It's sort of a... That's an example of what not to do when visiting a church. Actually, though, I would say when visiting anywhere. Just... If you it's go to someone's to house, as if you go human. to someone's house for dinner, don't do that. No, don't do it. You know, no. 
it did kind of crack me up though. That That's really just funny. the like, you know, Satan is the accuser. This, but it's also like, what do you do? honestly? What do you think church is there for? Because. Yeah. If that's treating it like it's a little club that you want to get into. Uh-huh. And you're thinking about Like you never went to church to worship God right. with other believers. Right. You're going because you needed to be immersed in an attentive environment. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And as it turns out, you don't actually probably need what you think you need. No. You know? You need something else. <laughs> you need, or you needed at a different yeah. time in your life. And see, the thing is, is not all of those tips are bad tips, but they're all presented in terrible, terrible ways. Because if yeah. you said, okay, family, today we're going to try and look out for visitors and make sure that you ask them questions and ask where Let's they're from. Practice active yeah, that's okay. listening today. Yeah, it's fine. It's not, it's not yeah. like she's urging people to do dark deeds. It's just that Today, everything let's about practice it is attentive, wrong. active listening while respecting the boundaries of yeah. those that don't want to flow with our conversation. <laughs> well, you know, let's be real. There are people who press on with conversation that you're trying to deflect and you're trying to not answer and you're trying to just change the topic and they won't. That is, you know... Like, why should, don't you write an article we about should strive how we to should not do that to others? Do you want to write an article about how we should handle mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. when you no, don't want you know what I'm saying. There are people who are obnoxious conversationalists. That's true. Yep. And you have to just be able to be clear anyways. Mm-hmm. It's always good when somebody just launches it with like, so do you and your husband like have any problems? Like, points of disagreement? Mm-hmm. You're like, why would I answer that. Well, that's what I've always said to people. <laughs> like, the grocery store clerk would say, so now you're done having kids, right? Yeah, right. Not this time, because nobody's asked me that this time. Weirdly, apparently, the older you get, the more likely they are to say, is this your first? <laughs> uh, but when I had other kids in the cart, like when you were there with kids and yeah. you are pregnant, they'd be like, yeah, you know, is it? I don't understand. Well, I'm certainly not making you any promises. <laughs> I know. Why would I? Yeah. Why would yeah. I get involved in this with the grocery store clerk? <laughs> it seems like a weird take. It's true. It's like true. surely you don't think that. Yeah. That I owe you this explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so I think of you as my fertility counselor. Yeah, here. I don't. So I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm gonna follow up with you on this. <laughs> but there's a real. Honestly, there's a big thing about, like, even when people are offensive, just don't be offended. No. Just don't be manipulated either. Like, just don't. Yeah. Yeah. There are times when someone does something of such a magnitude (laughs) that it takes the wind right out of your sails and you don't know what to say. Like, where you're genuinely like, and here's where I take a cue from my son Titus. Who just says goodbye <laughs> <laughs> and leaves? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna just—it's like basically I'm gonna go to bed. Mm, so bye. Before I tell you what I think <laughs> of your conversation, <laughs> I gotta get myself out of here before we have a team meeting about what you're not doing good at. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. such a funny, such <laughs> a funny time. Uh-huh. Anyways. All of this is to say, 
don't be that person who no. just is a list maker of yes things. Yes. Also, here's another thing. It's been so long since we podcasted that I don't think I said this on the podcast. But maybe I did. Maybe we're repeating our last episode. I don't know. But the something that has come up to me recently in assorted conversations is that someone's like having a problem. You know, they have a whole situation. And you can explain to them what needs to be done. Like here's, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. whatever. And a lot of the time with biblical counsel, they're like, I see what you're saying. I know that this is what the Bible says, mm-hmm. but if I did what you're telling me to do, I would not feel good when I did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if I, yeah. if I just apologized to my husband for disrespecting him, mm-hmm. I would be running the risk that he would think he was right. Yeah. Or, but it, it seems to me like at the baseline, it's always, but I would have to die to myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and. Well, it's and, kind of like what you're saying would be unpleasant. Well, right. And, or, um, you can't just say you have to obey God because what if I don't feel like it? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. if, what if we get to the moment and I'm like, I don't want to. Well, okay. So I noticed I, um, I got behind on the Bible reading over my trip. So I've been like doing double duties in the morning. So I'm now I'm a couple days behind, but this morning Moses died and you know, he's not allowed into the promised land. He gets to look. But it was because he did not do what the Lord had said in that moment. Yeah. With the water. And then there was the psalm that was paired with that. Was it the psalm? Or was it Hebrews? One or the other. Sort of recasting, you know, like what was going on with Moses. And it was like... Because you people provoked him so much. That is what put him into this disarray with his obedience. <laughs> and why he didn't get to go in the promised land. I do feel like and Moses thing, might be the most long-suffering. He was definitely being provoked by the people. Oh, my word, And then yes. he did it wrong. And you know what? He didn't get to go into the promised land. No matter how understandable that moment was from uh-huh. a from a human perspective of like but you don't see how provoking it was one right of the then. things that i oh my word and it's just it's like it's actually you know, interesting because god did see how provoking it, it was and it's yeah. still if it wasn't provoking you wouldn't have been tempted to disobey would you <laughs> and that's kind of the whole key yeah. something that struck me about i have a i, I haven't fleshed this all the way out but uh you know, the story is often told, like, when God tells Moses to go back to Egypt. And how Moses is like, I can't uh, speak. Yeah. Kind of. And I feel like the felt board version was like, Moses was afraid of his public speaking. Like, like yeah. maybe he had a yeah. stammer or something. Yeah. But I've often wondered, because it doesn't seem like that at all 
in the, you don't get the sense that Moses was worried about his public speaking before he went out into the wilderness. Like when he kills the Egyptian mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that whole, he's like, come on. And they're like, nobody wants yeah. to take his, follow his leadership. Right. You don't get the sense that he's really self-conscious there. Okay. Then you don't get the sense after he gets Aaron to come with him, but he goes back and he's doing a lot of the speaking to Pharaoh. He's Mm -hmm. not, it's not like he's, and I've had this theory for a while. This is actually one of the things I love about the Bible reading challenge is you can get a vague theory, Mm -hmm. but you, it, you wait till like the next time through that you notice things about it Mm -hmm. again. But I was thinking, I think that he didn't think he could be persuasive to the Hebrews. Like, I don't think it was the Egyptians that he had any concern about. I think he needed Aaron to rally the Israelites because mm. he didn't think that they would listen to him for whatever reason. Well, King James says that he says, I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. Yeah. And <clears throat> I realized, I think he's talks like an Egyptian. Interesting. That he was raised, like, he doesn't talk like a, I know you, you know, you're thinking like an Egyptian, but not, he talks like not an walking, but talking like an Egyptian. And, uh, anyways, That'd be he, interesting. but it says that uncircumcised lips, like he's actually saying, I don't like the, these people will not identify with me. But then in, um, acts, I think it's when Stephen and I never noticed this. That was my theory before. Because I don't feel like Moses acts through all of that. Like he's actually shy. Like he's, he doesn't like it other than what he says to God and God gives him Aaron. He doesn't act like he's worried to go tell Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then in Acts, I think when Stephen is summarizing, he says that Moses grew, like being raised by the daughter of Pharaoh, grew mighty in word and deed in Mm. Egypt. Yeah. Like that he's actually called out as being... Yeah, interesting. Like it may have been that actually Moses was... Well, he was something of an Egyptian... Royalty. Royalty. Yeah. Courtesan. Like like he would have been in yeah, Pharaoh's presence yeah. a lot. You know, like he would have whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he was at all... That's interesting. ...backwards and bashful in how to talk. <laughs> yeah. Because... Yeah. That would be wrong to say he grew mighty in word and deed in Egypt. That's interesting. Yeah, that's Also, uh, Aiden told me this. He'll be glad I called him out on the podcast. <laughs> um, we were talking about David's might, like the kind yeah. of fascinating little tidbits, you know, that uh-huh. come out about David's mighty men. Yeah. And um, the guy who Benaya, the lion in the pit or whatever. Benaya killed... The lion in the pit on, on a, a snowy, snowy day, day. <laughs> but also two lion-like warriors another time. Yeah, yeah. There are two lion-like warriors yeah. and also a real lion in the pit on a snowy day, yeah. but also the spectacular the Egyptian. Big Egyptian. But when they're like, it was a spectacular Egyptian who had a spear like a weaver's beam. Yeah. And he got it away from him and killed him with it. Like he had yeah. only a staff. Yeah. And but what Aiden told me that I had not thought about that I thought was interesting is that that the Egyptians were like world power, mm-hmm. world power military. Oh, yeah. But that the core of their military strength was spears. That they were, okay. that the Egyptians were 
super, which makes sense when you think of all their okay. drawings. Yeah. Everyone's always marching with a spear on their shoulder. Sure. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but to have an enormous Egyptian yeah. with a spear was sort of the the cream of the cream of yeah. the crop. Yeah. And Banaya got him with a staff. Oh, yeah. But then, even so, Banaya didn't make the cut into the top mighty yeah, men. Yeah, exactly. Like, even with yeah. these achievements, he was still not yeah. David's top three or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know. I always wish that there were a few more footnotes on some of those stories, you know? Uh, like, a lot. There's yeah. a lot of times where you're like, I think I'm missing. I would really like to know more. Well, actually, what you mentioned about Moses, I've never totally understood how what Moses did was a problem. When he struck the rock and he was supposed to speak to it. Right. No, I think what I'm saying is the magnitude of the situation is hard yeah. to capture with your yeah. mind. Yeah. You know, you're like, but yeah. obviously Moses was... Frustrated. I, you know what I was noticing the other day is the, I might have said this to you already, but the plundering the Egyptians is the kind of catch-all excuse that everyone uses when they want to justify their worldly behavior in some uh -huh. way. So it's like, well, yes, I might be into weird Eastern mysticism <laughs> in my yoga practice, but... Can we not plunder the Egyptians? Is that not what we Can are we taught not take in scripture? Pearls of resurrection yeah. themes out of dirty movies. movies. <laughs> yeah, dirty movies. I movies of have nudity. <laughs> but we have to plunder the Egyptians, and the artistic nature of it is what mean. You know, yeah. we take the good and we we well, sift with our brilliant plundering minds. Plundering the Egyptians seems to me to be the all-purpose get out of jail free card for people who yeah. are taking on board stuff they shouldn't and I noticed that when God is giving them instructions on going into Canaan so God specifically told them to take the gold and silver out of Egypt and that's what they used to make the tabernacle and everything and they're but, not supposed to plunder the but, Canaanites well it was like you are supposed to destroy everything and it specifically says you may not take the gold and the silver it has to be utterly destroyed and it's like that's that's Aiken, interesting when, and then it is a big dude problem that Aiken plundered them yeah well this was before the Aiken incident this is just mm. like in general who did Aiken take discussions. that from? that was in Jericho oh right right yeah but um it was just like when you have the idols that you are mm -hmm. gonna you may not say ah oh, but I'll just take the gold and that's really interesting because, like, it's an idol. It has to be completely uh -huh. destroyed. And you may not just take off the top layer and destroy the rest. And it's, it's actually just... a lot like a lot of the Levitical stuff with, uh, with uh, leprosies and the things, like, that there are, like, but if this, but if it's in this sort of circumstance, you... It can't be cleaned. Yeah. It has to be destroyed. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it, there are certain places where there's yeah. no way in which we're salvaging this out. And yeah. there are some ways where you're like, well, you then pare her nails and shave her head yeah. and give her some yeah. time. And then she can be brought in as yeah. a wife. And it's like you are going to move into the houses that they built and use the wells that they dug. And yes, all of that. 
but it's like there are some things where it's like no that just goes in the fire and it's it's really interesting because I think when they plundered the Egyptians it sounds like they went out with a lot of jewelry but when they're going into Canaan it's going to be a lot of idols but they didn't and just go out with a lot of jewelry from Egypt they went out with a lot of Egyptians yeah, like there were a ton yeah. of people that came with them. Like they didn't. Yeah, the mixed multitude. Yeah, they, they, there's. It wasn't just their stuff. But they did borrow from their neighbors. Hundred percent jewelry yeah. and. Whatnot. And um, that's inter- that is an interesting. It's like yeah, it's not it's sufficient. Just like, it's not a good enough thing to just say, "Ah, oh, yes, but we can plunder the Egyptians." It's like there's nuances even there. You know, yeah. you're not allowed to do that with the Canaanites. So the question is. Which one is what this? Are we, what are we dealing with here? Are we looking here? at Egypt or are we looking at Canaan right now? That's interesting. Yeah. And it's also funny that you may only metaphorically do that. Now, anyways, you couldn't, you can't go, you can't go to your neighbor really? and be like, I need your stuff because mm-hmm. scripture I'm just says, borrowing I'm, you're an Egyptian and I'm plundering you. <laughs> Give it to me. Yep. Give it to me now. Yes. That's funny. But it is all we went on a divergence there from, from what I was saying is that the reality is at the heart of a lot of Christian obedience is the fact like grandpa would always say, people don't need good advice, they need good news. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which applying the good news in your life mm-hmm. will always feel like death and resurrection, mm-hmm. not here's a little tricky advice someone gave me about how I can get out of my problem. Because that seems to be like what the human heart always wants is the secret key code to not having to experience the problem. Okay, well, I was talking to one of my girls about this. This is sort of similar, actually. Um, About what is the goal of disciplining your kids. And she was saying it seems like sometimes people discipline only to make it stop. It's like they're being loud, they're being obnoxious, they're being whiny, whatever. They're just, you're just trying to make it stop rather than the goal being to actually bring them into obedience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, that feels parallel to me, sort of. It's like, what is the what is the point here? It's not just a quick little fix so that I can get out of my jam. It's like, how can you be right. faithful to God well, in this instance? One of the things that I just want people to know, like, I, it's just that, that I think that this is one of those, this is a Christian life muscle that it's not really a muscle. I think what I'm trying to say is, you do it, you then have a testimony to Christ in it. And you actually have personal experience mm-hmm. of what that kind of faithfulness, like how yeah. it is honoring to God, how God uses it, and it makes it far less fearful. Well, what's the... Do you know what I mean? Like it becomes something that you think of as being a more ordinary part of the Christian life is laying that down. But you also feel like when you're obedient when it's hard that's kind of when obedience actually matters because obedience when it's easy is like is it actually obedience or are you just kind of coasting right now Mm -hmm. because what's the like if you're punished for doing wrong Mm -hmm. well it's like well what's the point of that but if you suffer for righteousness sake that's when 
Mm -hmm. this is really worth something. It feels like that with obedience too. It's like if right. you're having a magical day because you got to sleep in, the sun is shining, everyone's right. and taking you're gonna you out be, to lunch. And you're going to be obedient by doing what you want to do. Well, yeah, and so you're just, and there, and you're kind and sweet to everybody. We should all acknowledge that there are times when it is, when that is the way that it is. It's not yeah. like there's any, it's not like I'm trying to say obedience equals misery. No. But there is no Christian life in which obedience does not actually come head to head with the flesh yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And when that happens. I think that's the thing is I think when we think of obedience when it's, like when it, you have to really count the cost, we always put the bad guys out there. It's like your boss wants you to compromise on your principles or your, mm, you know, your mm -hmm. husband is going to ask you to do something that is against Illegal. your conscience yeah. or whatever. And so we like to imagine that in those times when obedience would really cost me, I would be faithful and do it. The question is when it's your own self that is being the villain and your own self that wants you to and your own you know. self is actually the most villainous of them all <laughs> in your life. Like the one that is most likely mm -hmm. to get you to be off the trail yeah. and things. But I, I guess it just is an interesting thing because you know how that happens a lot. When you're giving someone counsel, It, t everyone's in a blue moon. It seems like someone is actually so eager. Yeah. For something that it doesn't even they're like whatever it takes like like mm -hmm. they're so eager to do it but a lot of the time it feels like people are like mm. <laughs> yeah. mm, I hear you yeah but well it's sort of Naaman he would have done a big Herculean something to get rid of his leprosy but when he's just told to go down to the old Jordan he's okay. like no that one out <laughs> yeah that seems it seems beneath it. me. That it seems, seems not as impressive as I wanted it to be. It seems unattractive. So, um, Thanksgiving is coming up. What are your What are your hot tips for the world on looking forward to Thanksgiving? My hot top, hot tops, hot <laughs> tips for the world <laughs> on looking forward to Thanksgiving. Well, this is my year for feeling like ambiguous about things mm -hmm. but thanksgiving i think we'll just we're pretty settled now in how we do the thanksgiving okay uh so i don't know beck what are my hot tips yeah that's what i'm asking i you. feel like we've done this on we've done this well, probably before on we've the probably podcast. been around the block on thanksgiving before now well i gotta get my stuff i like to always have lots of leftover containers uh, for everybody to take a lot of leftovers home. Yeah. Because I think it's no fun to not have leftovers of Thanksgiving. Yeah, leftovers are important. And that can be a downfall of bigger group Thanksgivings yeah. is that people bring something and then they only go home with their piece of cornbread stuffing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because if you travel from out of town, say, to your parents' house, and you all do a Thanksgiving dinner together, then you're all going to wake up in the same house, and you're all going to have Everyone's going to eat the leftovers. But if you're in the if same town, just, yeah, and... you just go across yeah. town, and you eat the turkey, and then you And if you only you make home, enough food for people to eat there, then only the host ends up with the leftovers. So yeah. we really try to massively overachieve on the food so that it is a leftover party. Yeah. 
Well, because um, you don't you don't want to cook the next day anyway. No, but it's just more fun. To, out. It's more fun to have a lot of leftovers and never want to take it. So do that. I've been, you know, thinking about table. Uh, like I probably have tablecloths. I don't need to do that, but napkins are. What am I gonna do mm-hmm. for that? But I haven't. Mostly, I feel like last year my hot box was like the game changer extraordinaire. Oh yeah. And I felt like, whoa, yeah. I will never go back to another way of living through a Thanksgiving. I don't think you have talked about the hot box on here. I think that's new. Well, I bought a hot box, and last year we had it for Thanksgiving. It's like a catering. It's like a cooler, but it things slide in the side of it, you know, like the big hotel pans. So last year I made all of the like mashed potatoes the day before mm-hmm. did make ahead mashed potatoes, but I got up Thanksgiving day and like put them all in the oven at like five thirty or something to mm-hmm. like get hot and toasty. Yeah. And then we put them in the hot box mm-hmm. as soon as they were heated through and they stayed hot until all the way until yeah. we were having dinner. But we added things. So, like, I cooked a bunch of green... I got a big pan of green beans that we put in there. We had the ham already carved, like, sliced mm-hmm. and carved and mm-hmm. in there. And we did stuffing mm-hmm. in there. So, I think I had six big trays of stuff yeah. all in the hot box. And the thing is, is that that was bizarre because we ended up with nothing. There was nothing in the oven when everyone yeah, came. Yeah, that's amazing. It felt way more controlled and I think I figured out last year, because we aim for tons of leftovers and because Thanksgiving is actually the only holiday. We do lots of things where we have a lot of people for a lot of food. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not that our buffet is usually not full of food. Right. But Thanksgiving reaches a new height of how much food there is. Yeah. Because people bring tons of pie. People, There's just a ton mm-hmm. of stuff. And I have struggled sometimes with that balance between trying to make the buffet be pretty with the fact that everyone's having to haul stuff, you know, yeah. like, or you have a random assortment of casseroles at the last moment yep. that you don't know how to put it on the buffet. Yeah. And last year I realized, figured it out the best way because I actually put big platters out and marked them for like turkey this is ham yeah this is the mashed potatoes this is whatever but we did it all that was all on the front of the buffet mm-hmm. where we i did r- levels and yeah. things so we could fit more big platters mm-hmm. and then and i did garnish the platters like you know like where you yeah. put pretty herbs and things on them and yeah. make it look pretty but the whole back of the buffet was open for whatever people yeah. were bringing or like because we we went all around yeah the, yeah. the table so yeah. the point yeah. was that it was a way of making it work really well for the assorted and unknown mm-hmm. vessels that mm-hmm. were going to mm-hmm. come uh where there was room for everything because if you get the big platters uh lift you know if some of them are lifted you've yeah. really increased yes. the room on the buffet yep and so I thought that that worked well. Like, it was the first time I've done that where you... I used to do that when I was, like, catering when you knew what you were putting on yeah. the thing. But it's yeah. harder when there's a lot of... Well, I will say, too, I have had to do, like, while we were in England, Thanksgiving dinners in a very, very tiny space. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are dealing with that. Uh-huh. So, it's like, 
you know, you're smashing the yeah. couch over against the side and you're putting a table yeah. right bang in the middle of your living room. And then even there, the table is a folding table, so it's really yeah. narrow. And so you can't even like... And I do think having a buffet somewhere on the side where you're not trying to put everything on the table, on the table is really helpful. Because unless you have... Right. You might have a table that's wide enough to accommodate it. Like our table is wide, is wide to the extent that... I can never get tablecloths that actually uh -huh. seem to work on it because it's wide. But even there, once you have your plate set all the way around and you have a centerpiece in the middle. And there's then not that much room. There's yeah. not for all that stuff. So having a little, um, just put a little makeshift something yeah, against a wall somewhere. And you can decorate about, and make it look really pretty. Yeah, what I was saying about risers for some platters is that. Like, I think I used... I have the big cans, the number 10 cans that are, like, yeah. big ones. Uh, but things like that, if you just put a cloth napkin over them, you can use all kinds of random things that you mm -hmm. may have around your house. Like mm -hmm. a smaller serving bowl upside down or whatever. Yeah. But it was helpful because I laid it out in advance. Here's what's going to be on the buffet. And I put post-it notes on different things. So we always have multiple turkeys because people bring turkeys, mm -hmm. too. But we just made one big platter of turkey meat mm -hmm. would be on that. So mm -hmm. it worked. That all worked well. I felt like last year was my first year of feeling like I had solved some yeah. logistical Thanksgiving issues to where I was yeah. like, oh, that actually worked quite well. And if you're doing like, if you're doing a buffet, um, you could do something tall with like flowers or even just like big branches in a vase or, you know, like something mm -hmm. to get height and make it pretty. Whereas if you do a big tall thing in a table, then nobody can, nobody see, can see each, each other. other. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's just like that's kind of a. Yeah, handy. and we end up just doing yeah. So basically, that's what we have. The plan for Thanksgiving is to basically do what we did last year. I mean, like yeah, for the smart. most part, repeating. Smart, uh, smart. Thanksgiving is our only holiday where we go for that magnitude of food. Yeah. Like, just yeah. way too much. Like I think we end up with what. A pie for every two people yeah. that were there. It was a, but the part of the goal sending people home with food. I should say, a, several Thanksgivings ago, maybe three Thanksgivings ago, we invited a single man okay. to come to Thanksgiving, and he was like, "Great, what do you need me to bring?" And that's what I always tell people for Thanksgiving is. Is there something that is really important to you that it yeah. be at Thanksgiving? Is there yeah. some traditional food? Because we will have, yeah. we will have cranberry sauces. And although we don't always have the canned cranberry sauce, no. so if you cared about that, you should buy that. Um, cranberry, like we'll have mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey and stuffing. Mm -hmm. Like, like we have the traditional stuff mm -hmm. covered. But if there's something that you deeply care about, and yeah. he said, well, what about green bean? casserole and I was like well I don't we usually have green beans but not the traditional green yeah. bean casserole I was like no that'd be great bring that because yeah we whatever he whipped up himself a little green bean casserole of tradition and then he went to Thanksgiving dinner but we had moved into this house <laughs> and he went to my parents house though their the oh, house yeah, we right. had lived in they, another family 
in sort of the broader church community was living there at the time. So, but I, apparently he didn't know that. He showed up at their house and somebody opened the door and he just went on in. I think a kid maybe answered the door and he just went on in and the table was set for Thanksgiving and there was a buffet of stuff. So he just went and put his green bean casserole on the buffet, Yeah, settled in to visit with people. He was just... He was, I think he was actually there for a little while. Like, I think he was actually like, and after a little while, and nobody said anything to him. I'm sure they were all just sort of pondering when he got looped into their Thanksgiving. But it looked like he clearly had showed up for a Thanksgiving dinner. So he was there, you know, he's ready to roll. And after a little while, he said, so where are Luke and Rachel? Because... a bed and breakfast next to us and I think there must be something wrong on the instructions or the google maps Mm -hmm. or something because actually it hasn't happened well yes it did it happened only a couple weeks ago people just assume it's our house and so um the most dramatic one though that was really funny was we were all sitting at dinner and I remember what we were eating, too. It was like Ben had taken Knox out hunting, and they'd both got a deer. And so I was trying this venison roast that I had gotten a recipe for from a friend in England. Uh And we're all sitting there, and I'm literally dishing up plates. And then in through the front door just comes this man and his grown son, and they walk in. And we were like, hi. And he goes... We're here. <laughs> we're like, hello. But it's just, you can't, you're just Run it scrambling. By me. What you're doing here, though. <laughs> but he had suitcases. He just like came, like, ta da, we're here. And I just, it was like, we all just kind of sat and looked at him, like, okay. And um, <laughs> I think then, but, but like, you really don't know. You, yeah, you no, can't. everybody is flipping through their files. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he says something about, is this the bed and breakfast or whatever? We're like, oh, no, that's next door. And he's a British guy. So he just throws his hands over his face and just stands there like that. <laughs> we're like, oh, this is really awkward. <laughs> Anyhow, he took his stuff and he left. But my kids, I think, had come in and dropped coats and boots and who knows what all in the entryway. So I love the idea of him picking his way through the boot Oh, it's the perfect. Boot we did. We had an appointment for one of our kids at a, up in Spokane. Not for anything important. It was just we were had to go to this appointment to a place yeah. that we didn't usually go. And the lady on the... <laughs> so we had two of our teenagers with us and the lady on the phone was like just pull into the parking garage and come to the third floor but we came around the back side so we went into the parking garage and went in the third floor but we didn't notice that we had not gone into the the building we were supposed to go into <laughs> and uh we walk in and there's a front desk and we're like we have 
an appointment on the third floor and she's like oh great you know gave us masks and we headed in well we failed to notice that we were at uh deaconess hospital <laughs> we failed to really read the signals about where we'd gone hilarious we ride the elevator up and get off and the third floor is labor and delivery <laughs> so <laughs> you see how we were getting waved in for our time that we were supposed to be doing and but then we were there like this can't be it like what what are we doing here there did not appear to be any other activities on the third floor that would have anything to do with us yeah so we sort of press into where there's a desk there Lenny's like I, I was just opening doors with my physique. Yeah. People felt like we were where we meant to be. Yeah. But they probably wondered why we had teenagers with us. Yeah. Yeah. And why we were all kind of in casual mode. Yeah. Like if you're like <laughs> yeah. what's yeah. happening here. That is And funny. we came in and then I was like, so <laughs> we <laughs> we it's like we started asking questions and then you're starting to be like, I think we made a mistake. I think that we are in the not the right place. Is ours. We're gonna take <laughs> off. Like, give us a minute to get out of your hair. Like, just let us get yeah, out of here. But it was good. But it was not as good as if I'd rolled in with a green bean casserole no, and put no, it on there like and settled it. in for the top. I like it. Yeah. Well, All right. until next anyway, time. Anyway, I feel confident that we're gonna do another one of these next week. I can feel it in my bones. I'm, I think we I'm should ready. swear that we're not going to do one so that we can under promise and over deliver. I'm just saying, Rachel, I'm going to, I'm going to hound you. Guys, last year I did spring early for Christmas and oh, yeah. they are beautiful and they're fun and I recommend it. And if you get yourself a spring early mold, this will be my tip. This okay. is what I'm going right, to If you get yourself some beautiful spring early molds. Just make the springerly dough, but don't do it with anise. Like we did cardamom and almond mm. and orange, and they were really delicious. Oh yeah. And I feel much more delicious than anise. I just mm-hmm. have to. I didn't make one with anise, yeah. so I guess I can't know. But I don't yeah. want to know. And yeah. um, but they have ginger house. I think it's H A U S ginger house on okay. Etsy. Sell the molds and they have okay. new ones that are beautiful and Fun. i think that the ones that worked the best for me were the ones that were like a circle pattern like a circle patterned all over mm-hmm. they really really were beautiful but the thing about these cookies is that they are delicious and beautiful and can be made like months in advance they just like Mm. you could make them tomorrow and give them to people at christmas okay and they would still be delicious and good that's good so i'm telling you all my tip is get ye involved with spring early plant your paper whites because i'm feeling good about that i I did it yesterday i planted paper whites for christmas i'm hopeful that they're going to be blooming at the right time yeah so we'll be awesome i'm sure through this holiday season all right see you later bye-bye